Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, their career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Guillermo. If you could wish for anything in the world, what would you wish for? That's the premise for Wish Dragon, a new Sony Pictures animation coming to Netflix on June 11th. It's the story of a young college student named Din, who lives with his mom in a working class neighborhood in modern day Shanghai. He has dreams of reuniting with his childhood friend Lena, who moved away and now lives a glamorous and privileged life. Those dreams seem impossible until Din is given an old teapot containing an ancient wish dragon named Long, who will grant him three wishes. The characters are brought to life by notable actors, including John Cho, who voices the magical wish dragon, and Jimmy Wong, who gives voice to our hero, Din. I got a chance to speak with Jimmy Wong about why he thinks it's a good time to watch a wholesome, family-friendly, optimistic movie. We also talk about what he'd wish for if he had a genie at his beck and call. And of course, I spoke with Wong about his obsessions. A quick note, our conversation was recorded over the internet. So be prepared if the audio sounds a little quirky. Welcome, Jimmy Wong. I'm so obsessed. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here again. I'm really uh, excited to see that you're in another animated movie. First of all, because I think that the two movies that you've been in now, the new movie is called Wish Dragon, which is coming out on Netflix uh, later this month in June, June 11th. Mm-hmm. And Mulan, um, are takes on stories that people think they know, but have been reimagined. So yeah. let's start with Wish Dragon, uh, without giving away lots of spoilers or any spoilers. Um, tell us what this story is and your role in it. So a lot of people will recognize the story almost immediately. It's a really familiar one. Boy finds a magical device. The device contains a magical creature, and the creature is able to grant the boy three wishes of their choosing. And that, of course, kicks off the story in Wish Dragon. I play the main character called Din. He is a young, uh, ready-to-go-to-college student who uh, lives at home with just his mom. And his actual goals, and this is you know not a huge spoiler, you find this out very quickly in the movie, is to reunite with one of his long-lost friends from childhood, and her name is Lena. And of course, he stumbles upon a magical teapot. Inside is a big, pink, fluffy dragon voiced by John Cho, and has the ability to grant him three wishes. And from there, the hijinks and shenanigans continue. So it might seem like a familiar story, but it's not, because... When I was trying to describe to someone this morning what I thought the story was about, it mm-hmm. wasn't about granting wishes. It was about how you prioritize things in your life and what's important to you. And obviously, that's a big theme. So what is the movie about to you? The movie really is sort of a journey through the eyes of the main character who has very deep values and beliefs. And those values and beliefs are tied to how he sees the world. And how he sees the world is through one of friendship and one of familiarity, one of uh, familial connection and ties, and one of really just being a good person. It sounds a little cliche, but this main character really is a pure-hearted and extremely wholesome individual who 
again, at the end of the day, just wants to reconnect with someone that he had a dear, dear friendship with growing up and that friendship was taken away from them. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways, it's a journey of not only what would you do with three wishes, but what would you do if you were given the chance to have everything, but you still really wanted something deep down that didn't need a wish dragon necessarily to come true. Um, and so I think the movie is really beautiful because it's obviously very family friendly and anyone can watch it. But the 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 message that lies underneath is really wholesome. And that to me is something I resonate with because I think the world could use a little more wholesomeness in general. Um, and so I think the movie has a big bright spot in that world. And that's something that I really look forward to people seeing. Well, it is optimistic and it does at a time when we need a reminder of what is the best about being people and humanity, mm -hmm. uh, it does a good job of emphasizing those traits. I also thought it was great that it was set in Shanghai in modern times yeah. and that the entire cast, as you mentioned, uh, John Cho plays the voice of the wish dragon, na whose name is Long. Uh, you're the, uh, the college student, Din, but you have some really notable other actors in this piece, including uh, Constance Wu as the voice of your mom, which I thought was very uh, yeah. funny because she she really is not old enough to be your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she puts on a wonderful voice and brings this energy to the character that has, it really evokes that sort of like over-worried but deeply loving mom that just wants the best for their kid. Um, Jimmy Oyang also plays a great role in it as one of these sort of henchmen of the main villain. Um, yeah, but the cast is wonderful. Uh, the the whole crew around it as well. This is a co-production with Chinese companies as well as American ones. And, you know, we've seen a lot of these co-productions in the past and they haven't necessarily come out great. Uh, what my favorite example is a movie called Great Wall, which was not great at all. <laughs> but was it, you know, it was, it was trying to be a really- Actually, you know, I liked Great Wall. Really? <laughs> I liked Great Wall because I thought, I thought, okay, I thought the effects in that were spectacular sure. and the acrobatics and the choreography it was really beautiful i agree there and i think you know a lot of times <laughs> when you get co-productions with any two countries you do find that you could potentially miss out on the heart of the story because you have so many different voices in the room you have two different cultures bringing themselves together for a co uh, co-created project but with wish dragon i think they really nailed it um they capture a beautiful animation done by base effects which is a company out in china and what Sony Pictures Animation brought, as well as the director, Chris, they bring all of the heart that really makes it shine. And it pairs so beautifully with the animation. And it's one of those projects that I think is going to stand out because it really does combine the two in a way that is authentic to both the Chinese culture, as well as just tells a really, you know, recognizable, but also heartfelt story that a lot of people I think will identify with and just remember and not you know, it's we're, we live in a pretty jaded society these days. And I think having a story in a movie like this it just exists because it's just a good, fun story with a good heart to it is really important. And I'm really glad that all of the sort of markers were hit to really make it something beautiful at the other end of it. The thing that I found uh, super interesting is that the story of the genie with, you know, in a bottle with the wishes um, was inspired by a Chinese fable. I mean, I think a right. lot of people know about it from. Uh, a thousand and one nights, but Arabian nights, but yeah. that it has its origins in China. Did you know that as well when you were going into this project? 
I first looked that up when I was when I first got the role because I was like, wait a minute, this feels just like Aladdin. And a lot of the comments online you'll see is like, this is Aladdin, this is Aladdin. And when you look into it, it's like, well, actually, there's a whole history of stories and things being shared back then because there were trade routes, there was a lot of connections between the countries. And so a story like this with a genie and three wishes did originate in China and I guess was adapted somewhere down the line, which was really fascinating to me because I love the Arabian Nights stories. I think there's it's so cool to see that sort of like that side of that sort of the folklore. And, you know, I'm a big person that's in the myths, Greek culture, all that stuff uh, and the gods and all that. So I, I, I thought it was really fascinating that somehow down the line, a story like this was passed from, you know, one culture to another. And in a lot of ways is being passed now again from one culture to another with Wish Dragon. I mean, it is a universal story, as you say. Everyone can relate to it. Uh, three wishes. We're not going to give any spoilers away about what you wish for and how it all resolves. But I just wanted to ask you personally, what would you wish for if you could wish for anything? I think these days I would love for a return to normalcy in a way that that works for the world. I think there there's a lot of realization from a lot of people that things aren't really exactly what they thought they were, um, sort of coming out of the pandemic and there's just a lot right and we're surrounded by it constantly and mental health it seems like is at an all-time low across the world as well i think for a lot of people we've sort of been drawn into a, a more a, an increasingly complex world and it almost feels like we're not fully ready to be in that we're, nor should we be in a world as complex as that. We're surrounded by media all the time. You know, I, in front of me, literally have three monitors filled with websites, emails, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And it's overwhelming. And it really does, I think, take a toll on people over time when they don't realize how not normal it is compared to, you know, growing up when you would, and it sounds super dead of me, but like you'd go outside to play. You wouldn't stare at your phone and judge yourself on your appearance or put a filter on your face to make yourself look better. You know, So there's like all sorts of things that have happened to the world since I was a child that I think have taken us into this entirely new reality. And I think people are really suffering as a result. You know, There's so much misinformation out there. I don't know how many different times I've seen something on like a Facebook or just even like a random ad that you have no idea is an ad, but it's just putting something blatantly false in your face to try and scare you or move you some way. And and so a lot of my wishes, I think, just go down to the fact that I think we, you know, the more that we engage with technology in the world and the more that we sort of enter into this new dimension of insanity, the, the less control we have over a lot of things unless we're really, really crystal acutely aware of what's happening. So to me, I think I would wish for a return to more common sense, more normalcy, more decency, all of those things. You know, I could just pocket blank, sorry, just sort of wish for world peace. But I don't think that really accomplishes the actual understanding of what needs to happen to bring us back to a hopefully some more common sense thinking. What is it like um, working on a movie during a pandemic? I assume that you went in and recorded your whole role in a sound booth but mm -hmm. you didn't meet your fellow actors or engage Well, with fortunately, them? we were able to record this prior to the pandemic. There were a little bits and pieces. Like, I remember I had to go in a couple of times just to replace a couple of words. You know, this is sort of the nature of voiceovers. An animation might slightly change. The timing might be different. And maybe the intonation of something you say needs to shift a tiny bit. 
But we did get to record a couple of sessions together uh, in the same room. So I got to meet John Cho. I got to record with the other star, Natasha Leoberdito, who plays my childhood friend. Um, and that was fantastic, you know, just being able to be in the same room and being able to interact sort of in live time. Because normally for voiceover, and this is just how it goes, you're recording separate from everyone. It's just the actor working with the director, but the director has a really crystal clear vision of what they want and what they need so that you don't have to necessarily be in the same room. But you do lose a little bit of that magic um, if, you, if you're not right there with them. And so I got to do a couple of scenes with John, with him there, and that was really awesome, just because you can feel the energy. And I think that reflects itself in the movie as well in the certain scenes that we did get to do together. Uh, so how do you um, prepare as an actor for grunts and groans in a kung fu scene? Just out of curiosity, like, do you actually practice that in, in, at home before you go in? <laughs> It's funny. It would sound very weird if you did, I think. Uh, you know, for me, it's like you get to watch the clip a few times before you go and record over it. And for me, it's just really just like, how can you get yourself out of your head entirely, close your eyes if you can, and just get into the scene and pretend like you're actually getting punched or getting oofed, whatever it is. Um, because, you know, if you're just sort of like watching it happen and timing it up, you're not going to get the actual impact of feeling it and you're not actually getting punched, you're not actually getting shoved, right? If you're in an acting scene, that physical interaction would help you get into character. So I think for me, a lot of it is just like really trying to place myself into the animation and knowing that you have to be a little bit larger than life, a little bit bigger than you normally would be, but still keeping it within reality and making sure that what you're doing matches the animation on the screen, most importantly. So I do a little bit of practice at home, but really I'm just waiting to see the animation and hopefully it it elucidates something, elicits something from me emotionally and sound-wise that matches. Well, it's one of those things that I, I, a lot of people I know who are like, I could be in a movie. I could voice character <laughs> in an animation, right? Uh, Ali Wong makes a joke about her dream of playing a piece of tofu in a Pixar movie and just getting <laughs> the residuals for the rest of her life. So, um, so it is work and you do have to prepare and practice and make it sound authentic. So I yeah. just want to... It was a lot harder than I originally expected, um, just because, you know, in acting, you have a lot of cues. You're on set. Maybe it's actually cold, so you're cold. You're looking at someone. They're interacting with you. But in an animation booth, if you're doing the same line 10 times in a row and you need each one to sound better than the last, there is a bit of like, whoa, how do I get there? Um, and fortunately, you know, with a great director and having the animation on screen and having them having the patience, too, to like walk you through it, that really helps a lot. So, um, so well, another question just about Wish Dragon, and then I'll, I'll move off of that. Uh, this is not a spoiler, but you pick up some kung fu moves <laughs> in the, the movie. And uh, I was told, and, and you can maybe confirm this, that the action scenes are a tribute to one of your producers, Jackie Chan, who has a few kung fu moves. Uh, did you get to interact with him at all or have any sense <laughs> of those moves? So I unfortunately never got to directly interact with Jackie. He voiced uh, the dragon in the Chinese version. There's a Mandarin version of this that actually came out earlier this year. Um, but his company is called Sparkle Roll Entertainment, I believe. And there, it's interesting because the first thing I filmed or recorded in the voiceover booth when I went in to record for the role was the one of the big action scenes. Um, it wasn't dialogue. It wasn't anything else. And I learned it's because you have to record in the order that it's going to take to animate the longest. And the action scene with all the movement and all of that stuff happening was going to be one of the hardest scenes to do in the movie. So the first thing I did when I went to record was just a bunch of grunts and kick noises and punch noises and <laughs> oofs and all that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I think, you know, having Jackie be a producer on this movie definitely lent itself to creating a more sort of like action oriented world because the first action scene is great. You know, we're interacting with the environment like I'm using, you know, there's so many little bits and pieces in there that kind of feel like that OG Jackie Chan style of, of fighting, which is a mix of comedy and also really amazing choreography. So when you watch the movie, there are a few scenes in there that have that element that you can definitely feel the influence. All right, um, Jimmy Wong, what are you obsessed with? Oh boy. So one thing I like got really into over the pandemic was this is my workspace. I'm sitting here every single day. How do I make it like the perfect workspace? And so ergonomically, I've been looking up all sorts of different things. I have like a standing desk now with wheels on it. I, you know, I'm, I'm really obsessed with making the monitors the right height and learning, right? It, your eye line should be at this height from the monitor so you don't get neck pain. I've been watching TikToks about room organization, table organization and stuff too. I think for me, the reason I like it so much is one, I like, you know, I loved Legos and stuff growing up. I like putting things in the right place and making it complete. But I also really like the the comfort of feeling like you're in control of the space around you. And once it starts getting cluttered and stuff, you quickly forget what it felt like when it was clean. Uh, and I think we could apply that to a lot of our lives, which is like, just because the place you're in right now is comfortable or, or you're used to it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best place for you to be. Like, there was a time when you were a child growing up where you loved your clean room or whatever, and it brought you peace and solitude. And now that you're surrounded by garbage everywhere in your current room and you feel like it's normal, well, maybe it's just because it's normalized to you. So like try and change it up, see what happens if you add a little more organization to certain things. And you know, this isn't for everyone, obviously, but for me, it's, it's definitely helped clear up my mental space a lot. Just being able to sit down in the morning at the table and look at it and go nice, everything in its right place. So uh, I first talked to you last year as you were, uh, as they were getting ready to release Mulan. You play a character in Mulan, one of her wingmen, mm -hmm. uh, in the live action uh, version of that. And both of these stories, uh, Mulan and Wish Dragon, put a spotlight on the contribution of Asia to storytelling, China. Um, we're we're coping in this country right now with some challenges for the Asian American community. I don't know if challenges is too belittling a word. I'm not intending to belittle it, but right, it's right. so expansive and complex. How do you even talk about it, right? So challenges is, I think, perfectly adequate. Well, so, um, and, and I think both movies, the intention is to show people that these are universal stories, actually, and that, uh, that the diversity of this country... Uh, and everywhere in the world, but there, that there's diversity in this country that we should right. celebrate in a way. And this is something that you have talked about for years, ever since you made a name for yourself on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, with one of your first musicals. So I want to just check in with you on the state of things and what you think about what's going on uh, in the country today. It's unfortunate we have to keep having this conversation, but. <laughs> yeah, right. It feels like we were kind of having it last year and now we're, it's, it's clearly not gotten better. Um, and it looks like it may actually continue to get worse. Um, and it's one of those wild things where I don't have any, it feels like the control that you have over this sort of thing is so out of reach because how am I going to go and talk to every single person that just is, has a belief that can't be shook or is, has been taught something by the media that can't be untaught, at least not in a conversation 
or definitely not in like a fun song, right? Like, I'm not expecting everyone to listen to this interview. I'm not expecting everyone to be able to watch YouTube and have critical thinking hats on all the time. It's interesting because I sit in this interesting spot where I, I the biggest opportunities of my life have come because of co-productions with China uh, in Hollywood. And and it's it's right in line with something that I firmly believe in, which is just getting more representation in media is great for everyone. It's great for anyone that's in a disenfranchised group. It's great for anyone that's marginalized. It's great for anyone that's looking to inspire other people in their race, their group, whatever it is. Um, and I, I just want to be able to tell authentic stories to the culture because that is the thing that people don't get the, to experience. People don't, right? Like I've never traveled to South America. I have no idea outside of maybe a couple of books I've read what Chile is like or what Brazil is like. I don't know anything about their history. And the only way for me to learn it is through entertainment and media or if someone made a movie about it or a documentary. Um, and I think traveling is something that a lot of people are just, it's not something that is a common thing, it feels like anymore, especially after a pandemic. But the way that I think we bring unity to the world is helping people see and understand and learn about other cultures in different ways. And I think Wish Dragon is an amazing example of that because they took painstaking care to put every little detail of what real current modern day Shanghai looks like and put it on screen and making sure that they really did capture the elements of the culture that were genuine and real. And so that to me is really important to keep that going. And especially in light of all of the sort of anti-Asian rhetoric and the the growing anger and spite and whatever it is that's just throughout the entire world because the pandemic has affected everyone so differently and so much. So for me, you know, I don't know what I can do to fix the problem, but I think one of the best ways that we can help at least bridge the gap is by telling more stories or having people speak out in ways that share a culture and share an experience because they may never travel to that part of the world, but at the very least they could watch a movie or they could play a game or they could hear a story or whatever it is. So we get a better idea of what's there instead of just sort of seeing a race, seeing a face, seeing a color, and then immediately associating a, an idea, a feeling or an emotion behind it because that is really belittling. So hopefully we can just keep continuing that trend above all and hopefully movies like this are successful so that we can keep you know the pressure on studios and producers to make more stories like this because i think there is a genuine thirst and hunger for it you know we just need to we just need to give people a taste of the food so they understand that they like it what do you think about this trend that was started with bridgerton toward colorblind uh, casting it's something that people have been talking about for decades yeah on stage and in movies uh I'm all for it. I mean, I came from a theater background and that's, you know, typically the first place you'll find colorblind casting or, you know, I remember watching, what was it Cinderella with Brandy and stuff back in the day too. Like, I think, I think like, as long as people are given the, the, the budget and the crews to make these things and they can make it and do it well, then that's all that matters. Cause the quality of the product is undeniable at the end of the day. Um, we're not in a position where it's like, well, you know, I don't want to watch this thing because I don't believe in it. It's like, well, if it's good and people like it, then it's going to get known as being good and people liking it. And you're going to hear about it. People are going to tweet about it. They're going to become obsessive fans. So I think as long as you're keeping your quality hat on, then we should be trying out stuff all the time, especially because I think there are a lot of audiences out there that are very thirsty for it in, you know, every definition of the word thirsty. So 
when I watched Bridgerton, no part of that, no part of me was like, this doesn't make sense. I was just like, oh, cool. Everyone, you know, they're all playing the parts well and it, they're all hot. So that's fine by me. <laughs> this works. The, the equation works. Well, and as I said, this movie is being released on Netflix and streaming services certainly have uh, increased the appetite for all kinds of storytelling. We just, Amazon just bought uh, MGM and part of that is to get more content in. And so I I hope that you think optimistically that more stories are being told. Of course, we could do better. I mean, more projects for sure are happening and it's better than it's ever been. You know, just look at Minari, right? An amazing example of like, it, it is critically acclaimed. It is as good as it, as it gets. And hopefully it's just going to keep getting better because you inspire someone today. That person might be seven years old. It might take them 10 years to make their first film. So we got to hold on and we got to keep the momentum going. Well, Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us about the Wish Dragon, about your wishes, and uh, we'll check you out on the internet. Thank you so much. See you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again to Jimmy Wong for talking with me. And thank you for listening. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, be safe.